Mr. Sonny is checking into building land. You know, Pastor Randy bought his building a couple of years ago. We helped him there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's a lot more coming. God will help you when you go to the bank, you have some money. Yes, sir. <laughs> if you need to use the bank. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, hallelujah is right, you know. I sow good seed into good ground. Or I don't sow it. Now, sometimes I'm just so generous, I bless some of those waitresses. Some of them aren't great, but I just give them a free will offering. <clears throat> I wanted to tell you, too, if you bought a hat or a coat or whatever we talked about for Jessica and the inner city ministry, the, the uh, staff room is down the main hall in the back hall down there, across to the men's room. That door is unlocked. You could bring your stuff and lay it in there. And we will get you some tubs and put them in the foyer, whatever we need to do eventually. So anybody bring anything today? One, two. Hello, come on. Okay. Praise God to start. I'm glad it's not zero. Now I wanted to tell you today I'm going to talk about angels. This will be one of the most important messages I've ever taught. You're going to, some of you are going to say, I've heard you teach this 35 times. Well, you need to hear it another 35. Because the Lord said you're behind. Wonder why, wonder why things aren't going right for you. It's not a cure-all, but it's a major issue. You're going to be good enough to earn angels. You're not, it's part of your inheritance. You know, if anybody left me anything, well, my mother-in-law left us something when she went on. I didn't earn a penny of it. She just blessed me because she died. She went to heaven and gave us some money and her other daughter too. See, you don't earn anything, but I'm telling you, you're not taking advantage of what I'm telling you about, or God wouldn't have me on this this morning. I could teach a hundred subjects, but so I'm going to encourage you now, everything on my table, I'm going to say this tonight, this morning and tonight, and then I'm open to change whatever God tells me to about my media ministry, and I may change a lot. I don't know, but I'm going to podcast a lot, and I may do some things on thumbs. I just don't know. I'm praying it through, you know, just talking to you. Because it costs a lot of money to ship things around America. And sometimes, you know, it's not even beneficial. You know, I go in the hole to help people, which I'm not complaining about. But, you know, you get a good businessman, too, if you're smart. All right. So we just got to adapt to whatever the culture is somewhat to still get the word out, but in a different format, perhaps. And I really have it in my heart to do a lot of books this 2020. So if you have the book, I encourage you to read it again. If you don't have it or you've got a friend that's ignorant, maybe you could get them one at 50% off and hand it to them. I guarantee you most of the people you live around, most of the people you work with, most of the people that go to churches don't know a thing about angels. I mean a thing. And even if they acknowledge that they're alive, they're not doing them any good because they don't know how to operate them. They don't know how to activate them. I'm going to preach a good message to you today. Amen. And I want to go over this again, the table of contents here. Giving the more earnest heed. You're going to have to give more heed to this. And part of the reason why as a prophet, I'm just going to tell you in this move of God, we're already in it to some level. I think maybe ankle deep, maybe some of us a little further, but for the most part. And it's, it's already starting in the earth. And some other countries have it way beyond us. 
because we're slow to catch on. We're so intellectual in America. And we're so independent. I got my rights. I get so tired of people saying there's something Americans. Well, I'm an Irish American. So what? What does that mean? Doesn't mean diddly squat with God. I'm a believer. Yeah. So we need to give heed because there is a large increase of angels being released to this planet just recently. I'm just talking to you by the Holy Ghost. I saw it in the 90s and I've seen it recently. A whole lot of devils have been released against the earth too. So you choose here, but you don't want to choose them. What angels are really like? Classes of angels, angels on earth. Talk to you about that today a little bit. Angels in worship and intercession, what angels do. Angels in order. Angels take us places. See, even in this meeting, even though I've barely mentioned angels maybe so far, the angels that work with me, they're always with me. But as I teach on them, just listen to what I'm saying. Every time I teach on them, it activates them to a, a different level. If they're assigned to me, they work with me, period. But when I teach you about it, your faith comes up and then that creates a different atmosphere. You know. Now, remember, I'm going to say this one time again. I want you to get, when, you're, when I'm preaching to you, you're in the prophet's room. You're not in the room of a pastor. It doesn't mean I'm more important. I'm just different. Well, all my sons are pastors. Well, I'm different than them. Some of them have components of me in them because of impartations and some more than others in certain areas because of impartations and they've been around me longer and whatever, but I'm just talking. So with my ministry and my mantle, you get in a little different room. We're in the same facility. You understand what I'm saying? The same building, but it's a different atmosphere because of what I have in my mantle. Not because I'm special. It's what God's given me to help you. This is what it's all about. I already know this. And have walked in it for many, many years. All right. Healing and angels. And they're waiting on you. I wish you catch hold of that. They're waiting on you. You're not waiting on God. They're waiting on you. And so if you're not actively every day thinking about them, studying about them, meditating a verse about the angels and what they're capable of doing, get my book. It's not a complete a complete whatever I was going to say thesis on angels. But, you know, I had 500 and some pages when I originally did it. And the Lord said, Michael, Michael, Michael. Because you're starting at zero almost with humanity with this subject. I want you to whittle it down to about 100 pages and make it readable for a third grader to understand it. And that's what I did. I didn't make it complicated. I could have, but what's the point? People don't even get this. So I'm just encouraging you and you're rebuking you all at the same time. If you want to live better on the earth, you're going to have to take advantage of what God's given you. You don't earn it. You didn't earn it. I didn't earn any of it. It's all been given to me. And because of my position in Christ, he's given me a special anointing along that line. That that's one of the key things that I have to teach. Like I said last night, like healing, or I'm going to get in trouble with God. So we just keep teaching. But this is what God said to teach you about today. So first of all, I want you to go to, uh, to the book of Psalms 91. And in particular right now, I'm, I'm kind of emphasizing a certain attitude or position 
concerning the angels, and that is of their protection of us. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been delivered from just all kinds of stuff. You know, I had an irate neighbor with a gun in his pocket. He threatened to break my nose. He's standing about this close to me. And I thought, you know, first came on me was fear. That was 1978, maybe 79. And uh, I thought, I'm going to whip him real bad, and then I'm going to repent later. Because my wife was standing there. She had Jessica in her arms. She was about a year old. My dog was there, which I'm amazed at. She didn't defend me because she hated this guy. And he was threatening me with a big pistol hanging out of his pocket. And I thought, I'm going to, he said, I'm going to break your nose. And he had his arm back like that and the veins in his neck popped out. And I'm convinced now as I thought back on it, that angel had his hand. Because if he'd have launched it, I would have sure kicked him, bit him, hurt him. Yeah, um, I didn't like him anyway, but still I tried to witness to him. You know, he told me go to you know where or whatever because he's just a mean person. And all of a sudden that fear got on me for a few seconds. I said, I'm going to get the first punch in and then that'll be it. I'm taking him to the ground. I'm going to wear him out. <laughs> and all of a sudden from down inside of me, down in my belly, these words floated up to my consciousness up here. And the Lord said, he's not going to hurt you or anybody. Your angels are with you today, Michael. Whew, man, I was so thankful. Because I thought it's going to come to some, in, some intense situation here in just a few seconds. Because this kind of guy capable of shooting my wife, my baby, my dog, and the Roto-Rooter guy who's standing to the side going, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because he knows this guy is serious, and he's got a pistol in his pocket, and he's threatening me right then. <laughs> And the Roto-Rooter guy's thinking, oh, my God. That's what he was saying. Anyway, I got out of that situation. I took a step back, and I said, I just got one thing to say to you. You're a poor example of a human being. I've never done anything against you, sir. And I don't know what he did. I just walked away and got my baby and my wife and the Roto-Rooter guy and my dog. We went in the house. I prayed for the Roto-Rooter guy. He was so shook up, he was shaking. I said, I guess you don't have many runs like this, do you? He said, no, sir. I laid hands on him, prayed for him to calm him down. He was just all wrought up. This is the time to walk in your divine protection is what I'm trying to say to you. Unless you just don't pay attention to anything and, you know, don't let the news rule you. If you can't handle the news, turn the stupid thing off. What's the matter with you? You let fear get in you. Somebody's blowing somebody away every day. Somebody's drunk and running over somebody every day. Somebody's overdosing every day. Somebody's killing somebody every day. Yep. Yep. I'd like to tell you it's going to get better, but I, it's going to get better for us that believe in divine protection. Amen. The Bible says the thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it'll not come near me. Amen. That's because of the angels. Let me read you just a scripture or two out of Psalm 91, Amplified Bible. Uh, let's see here. Verse 9, because you've made the Lord your refuge, the most high your dwelling place. Now, that's key. You've got to dwell with him. There shall no evil befall thee, neither nor any plague or calamity come near your tent, for he shall give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you 
in all your ways of obedience and service. So that's a key there. You have to be obedient. Now, what do you, what do, you do if you attempted to be, but you failed and you were disobedient? You go back to God and you say, Father, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. And he's always there to restore you. But you just can't go on in disobedience forever. How many know what I'm saying? If you're a young Christian and just don't know nothing yet, you have a little more mercy coming than some of us that are older and have been more established in this. But any of us cannot go on with disobedience forever. Judgment will come. Obedience to, obedience to the Word. And secondly, just as importantly, I think, obedience to what He's told you to do. <laughs> well, I never hear Him. Well, then you got a problem. <clears throat> you got a big problem. All right, let's go to Job here. Uh, chapter, chapter 4. I'm kind of jumping in the middle of things. Some of you have heard me teach a lot on it. Some of you just here and there a little bit. But I want to talk to you about personal angels and how to activate them because this is the time to know how to do that. And every day you ought to be conscious when you get up out of bed that you've got messengers, angels assigned to you personally, Liz. Not Joe's angel, but your angel. And vice versa all around here. Personal angels. They're assigned to you. <laughs> I always equate this to the Secret Service. I mean, the Secret Service does a lot. I mean, they're assigned to the ex-presidents too, you know. Because somebody could kidnap them and torture them and get certain information out of them to be detrimental to our country. You know, most people break up with enough pressures on them. Or shoot them full of drugs and make them talk. But I'm just saying currently, the current president, he's got secret service to protect him. Just one guy. If you do anything, you've got to protect him. Even if everybody else gets shot up in the deal, you protect him. I just know what I'm talking about. And, you know, you think about that. If you thought about it at all, you'd realize the importance of the angels that have been assigned to you personally. I think the president is important, but I think all of us are more important to God because of we're in Christ. We're sons and daughters of God. The president says he's saved. I believe he is. He's maybe a young believer, but whatever. I'm not going to be political with you. You can think whatever you want to think. I just know what I know when things are changing for the better in America. And we haven't seen anything yet. Hallelujah. But I want to talk to you about personal angels. Think about it. You get up, you got people around you, uh, beings around you, let me rephrase that, that know how to protect you. That know how to keep you from danger. That know how to get you on the other side of whatever you need to be on the other side of. I was on an airplane one time, my own airplane, and the engine heated up and the pilot said to me, uh, Michael, if this keeps up, I'm going to have to shut it off or the engine might catch on fire. You might have more detrimental damage. And I said, so in layman's terms, what does that mean? I think I know what you're going to tell me. He says, we're going to get slower and lower. We're going to have to land. So was you afraid? No, because I read Psalm 91 when I got on the airplane with Pastor Hannibal. 
I read it out loud, out loud to me and him, and we agreed upon it. I'm not sure Gordon was listening. It doesn't matter. I was in faith, and Dennis was in faith. And so we worked it all out, and, the, and my pilot, who, by the way, was a good pilot. I had three pilots I interviewed. I picked him because I felt he was the right one. Yes. See, all of this contributes, because if you have a pilot that's skittish, and you're in that setting, and you're nowhere near any kind of public airport, you could be in trouble. And he landed that plane perfectly. And the guy inside, they said, when I got inside, he said, uh, he said, I tell you, sir, your pilot is phenomenal. And I said, why is that? I know he is, but why? He said, in my 40 years of aircraft service, I've only seen two other men be able to land an airplane like that with one engine because there's so much thrust on the one engine and none on the other. Normally, they take those planes and stick them in the ground like a dart, and sometimes all of them are dead, people in it, or they crash on the runway because they can't get the variance to function right to land that plane. You've got all this power in one engine and zero over here. Can you see what I'm saying? Yes, <laughs> I was never afraid to begin with. Now, Gordon, when he got inside, that was my pilot. He looked kind of peaked, so I said, I'm going to pray for you, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you afraid? No, I wasn't afraid because the angels of God take care of me as well as a good pilot. See, everything fits if you're smart. Hallelujah. Now, I want to talk to you about personal angels, so give me a little time to talk to you about it, and then we'll see what we need to do here today. I want to talk to you about how to activate them, too. It's important, so I'm going to condense some of my teaching. So Job here in chapter 4, verse 18 says, Behold, he puts no trust in his servants and his angels he charges with folly. Now notice that he puts no trust. We would say he puts no faith in his angels. Or we could say he puts no confidence. You know, you have put confidence and faith in them that they'll do what they're called to do. You can talk about angels, that's one thing. But if you say, well, what are they doing for you? Well, I don't know. Well, then guess what? They're not. If you don't know, they're not. <laughs> if I don't know, they're not. So he put no trust in his, the, the Amplified says right here, I have it with me down. I think I'll read it out of this. I have it written in here. Let me see where I'm at if I'm in the right chapter. Even in his heavenly servants. Well, he's not talking about people. He's talking about spirit beings from heaven. He puts no trust or confidence and his angels he charges with folly and error. He's talking out of line with the word. That's error. You know, what do you say about doctrine? Well, if you're talking contrary to the word, you're talking error. And guess what will happen? The error will happen, not the word. You can't talk foolishly about the angels. You have to talk to them scripturally. How many are listening to me? And notice it says his angels. I think that his angels. Plural. Now I knew that was in the Bible. I had a hard time figuring all that out for years. I'm going to give you some more insight in a minute. His angels he charged with folly. That's charge just means speaking. You know, I think we read that in Psalm 91 a minute ago. He charges his angels to keep you in all your ways. How many remember that? That means God spoke to them, you keep my people in all their ways. Of course, your ways need to be in what way? 
obedience. You can't live wrong and function wrong and talk wrong and think wrong and do anything you want, act any way you want. You're going to be in trouble. You have to stay current. You know what I mean by current? Up to date. That's why I'm talking about this. We just, we've got all these wonderful creatures available to us and some of us are not paying enough attention. Angels are assigned to you personally. (laughs) Angels have one guardian angel, but he has other angels under him. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But let's, let, first of all, let's go back to Genesis 48. Somebody said, well, you've taught this before. Isn't that wonderful that we're teaching it again? Oh, wow. I tell you what, I keep, and every time I teach it, I learn something I didn't know or I see it in a different nuance or a different shade of light than I've seen it before. This is a person, Jacob, he's called Israel by now. You know, he was kind of a, a rounder. He was not a very right man when he was younger. He was a deceiver. Him and his mom got into cahoots to deceive the dad for him to get the blessing. But when he wrestled with the angel later, and I think it's in Genesis 32, that angel changed his name from Jacob to Israel, which means prince with God. So he changed his personality too. And he did get right. And he's getting ready to go home now. He's getting ready to leave his body. And he's got his son, brings two of the grandsons to him, kind of on his deathbed, if I could say it that way. And verse 14, And Israel, or Jacob, stretched out his right hand, laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh, guiding his hands wittingly, means skillfully, for Manasseh was the first. In other words, Manasseh should have got the firstborn, but at the last minute he changed his hands on their head. And the father said, no, dad, this isn't right. What well, he said, Manasseh's had some issues, but the other son will raise above him. And he blessed Joseph, that's his son, because he blessed his children. Israel blessed Joseph, his son, and his children, which should have been jo- uh, Jacob's grandchildren, and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long. Now, I want you to make a note that all my life long, So he had a long life, and I want to put this to you. You will never have a long life unless you include the angels. You could live right. That's helpful. Honor your mom and dad like Pastor Luke just taught us. That's helpful to have a long life. But there's more to it. The angels and long life go together in Psalm 91. I'm not going over there, just talking to you. It says he gives angels charge over to keep you in all your ways. You bear bear you up in their hands. That's what I claimed in, this, in the airplane that day. They're going to bear me up, not make me crash, bear me up. And so three or four verses after he gives that comment about the angels, he said, with long life, will I satisfy? They put it together. First part of the book of Psalm 91, I, I may start teaching on that some other time, the whole psalm, but uh, because this is one of the few last times I'll probably preach to you for a while, unless Jordan needs me to come back and take a service. I'm willing, but he's going to be taking over. So I want to leave you with something to remember and think about and pay attention to. Because <laughs> Hebrews, you know, 1, 13, 14, you go into chapter 2. I'm just talking a minute. says, give heed, the more earnest heed to these things. And chapter 2, it wasn't even, chapter 2 was in the Bible, but not the word chapter 2. He's still talking about angels. Right after he gets done telling us that they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for us under the heirs of salvation, 
Therefore give the more earnest heed to these things, lest you let them slip. I'd say it this way, lest you forget. See, I do my best to keep myself stirred up on what I know is right. You can, you can study Revelation if you want, but I don't know why you would when there's so many more interesting subjects to study that are going to protect your life and deliver you from darkness. All right. Nothing wrong with reading the book of Revelation. But I'm paying attention to what helps me live victory here and now. All right. Are you listening to me? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. The God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me or delivered me, we would say, from all evil. And that's all evil. And in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7, I think it's verse 15, says that uh, sickness and disease is evil. So that's just one issue, but he delivers you from all evil, all kinds of evil. The angel redeemed him or delivered Jacob. How long? His whole life long. And I just told you he lied about, he lied about, he lied to his own father. Then he cheated his brother out of the birthright. And his brother came to his dad and said, and was crying and said, oh, can't you reverse this? Son, the words have been spoken. I can't reverse what God has used me to say, even though I said it to the wrong person. Oh, you're paying attention. He says, bless the lads. So there's, here's a man, that, well, I'll just stop with that, that was protected or delivered or redeemed. That's a good word, redeemed, but delivered is more, we're in your mindset, you know. Delivered us his whole life long from all evil. Think about that. Now, let me just say something here real quick to you. The Bible says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. First Peter 1 and 5 says, I'm kept. Boy, that's become a stronghold for me to get a hold of. I'm kept by the power of God through faith, through my faith, yes. unto my salvation, not the new birth, but I'm delivered unto self, my healing, my salvation, my deliverance, ready to be revealed in this last day. There's some new dimensions of your salvation coming if, you're, if you'll be attentive. If you don't, they'll just pass you by and they'll get to me and some of us that believe for that. And how about 1 John 5 and 18? Whoever's born of God keeps himself. And I know this is hard to swallow. And the wicked one touches him not. Now, if anybody's going to talk about a difficult year, it's me. I've never quit believing that I'm getting to a place the wicked one touches me not. He's tried to touch me through my children and their situations. You're listening to me, aren't you? I'm not even telling you all the half of it, but just all kinds of stuff. And your mind being under attack, that started even a year back, two years now, my mind. Just so much pressure on my mind before anything happened that happened this last year. I never said anything to anybody until this moment. What difference does it make? I made it. And you could do this or you could do whatever. Put it in your trash compactor or sit up and think about it. If you keep thinking about your past, you're going to be a failure. I don't care how good you think it's been this year for you, baby. There's a whole lot more coming if you're willing to stretch. And if you're not, you'll diminish. 
your health diminishes, your finances diminish, your relationships diminish. Because that's what the devil's out to do, destroy all of us. And I'm not going to let him. These are some things I learned young as a preacher. Nobody taught me but Jesus. No, I didn't even have a mentor for 20 years. And so, you know, I'm not bragging about me. I'm just talking about Jesus, how he taught me to be a big boy and, 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 and deal with things and get on the other side of everything. I could go back and suck up on all my failures and misfits and disobedience, but I'm not going to do that. And if you're smart, you won't either. Is there a place to get in God where I could not be touched? The Bible says so. If he lied about that, maybe he lied about getting saved. <laughs> You're kept by the power of God through your faith. You better pay attention to your faith then. I don't care when Jesus is coming personally. I just want to be ready. Think with me a little here, folks. I want to have oil in my lamp. I want to be walking in refreshing and anointing and revival when I meet him. Don't matter if he comes tonight or tomorrow or 10 years or beyond what I've lived on this earth. That's fine. I'm just reaching for all I can have from him. And the angels are a part of that. Think about this old man, Jacob. I think he's about 140 if I remember right, or 175, I don't remember exactly. You can find it yourself later. Do some work yourself. But he had said he was kept his whole life. And yet I told you he was a liar as a young man. <laughs> he deceived his brother. He deceived his dad. His mother was weird that she would help him in this coup. What was the matter with that lady? I don't know. Anyway, moving right along. Let's go over to Matthew 18 talking to you about uh, personal angels and their importance in our life. Hallelujah. Matthew 18, verse 10. I'm going to condense what I'm saying here because I'm getting my time will get away. But I want to give you some insight. And if you don't have my book, get it. It's 50% off. And if you're working in the sound booth or you've been on the praise team or the teachers in the back, let them know, Jenny. They can come take anything they want for free off my table. If you've worked in this uh, meeting, even the person that's out there walking around the building, somebody needs to let him or her know. I think it's a him, but anyway. Matthew 18, verse 10, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, and very small children, young children. For I say unto you that in heaven, their angels, T-H-E-I-R, their angels, do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Notice that even little children have angels assigned to them. And I'm just throwing this out for your thinking. Didn't even say believers' children's. Right. Yeah. Yes, I thought that's interesting, kind of stretching you a little bit. But if you're a heathen and you don't know nothing about it, and you make fun of supernatural things and spiritual beings, nothing will be done to help you with your kids. But we see that even God assigned them to them as a child. They didn't earn it. They're just babies. They were just born here. They didn't have anything to do with that. Mom and dad had something to do with that. I'm trying to help you. But he said, they're angels. You know, this is my coat, my tie, my watch, my Bible, my Bible, my notes. See, it's associated with me. These angels have been assigned to us, even as small children. 
Now, sometimes people say, well, if that's so, what about that? I don't know what about this. The secret things belong to the Lord. I don't know. I don't know everything. Do you know everything? I think not. But you better quit thinking about it when you don't know some answers. If God wants you to know, he'll tell you. He's told me the reason for every person I buried with the exception of one or two. And if he don't tell me, then I just take it for granted. I'm going to say it the way I think it. It's none of my business. You learn to pay attention to me, you can learn something. I have, you know, we had a relative, I won't mention who it was, some, some person in our family, and they just grieved their whole life over somebody they buried 60, 70 years prior to them going home. They just weren't right mentally. It distorted their personality. Distorted their personality. I like the lady personally. She's a great cook, but she was not right. You know, she should have got over that. She's stuck. She's stuck. You can get stuck on all kinds of stuff. Like, I don't know who said it, one of the preachers taking the offer. You get upset because somebody didn't talk to you. Bless your little darling heart. I didn't know you came here to get talked to by somebody that that was so important to you that they didn't acknowledge you. One person said to me, you know, I passed you on the highway and I waved. You didn't wave. I said, I didn't see you. If I'd have saw you, I'd have waved, but I'm trying to drive. It wasn't intentional. I didn't give you another hand signal, did I, or nothing? No, I don't do stuff like that. But Jesus said, these little, angels, these little children have angels assigned to them. Now, let's go to Psalm 34. Psalms 34. And I'm going to look at one verse here because this, I always teach this from this perspective. Is there any criteria that we need to meet to receive from the angels perfectly the best we can? Now, listen to me carefully. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect, but we're moving in God and in him, he's perfect. See, there's a combination of judging ourselves about what we need to put away of our flesh, if that's the case. If it's a habit that's not good, that's destroying us or destroying other relationships, then that we need to repent and get out of that. Because yeah. that's not God. That's not right for us to continue in that. But on the other hand, in Christ, I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, get a little secret. God sees you in Christ. Sometimes I don't. No, I'm just being silly with you. I know you don't see me in there either. Some of you think I'm too rude, I'm too raw, I'm too forceful, whatever. Doesn't bother me a bit. I got over you a long time ago. I love you, but I'm not, I'm not yielded to you as my, my Lord. And if I get too aggressive, he will deal with me. Very seldom has he ever about my preaching. And I like Smith Wigglesworth. He just said, whatever I said in the pulpit, I leave it there and go home. In other words, he doesn't pick it back up. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I got a wife to help me with that. (laughs) And I do a good job. And she does a good job. But I don't even let her beat me up either. (laughs) Hallelujah. This is the most precious verse I've found to show us how we behave to get in a position to receive fully from the angels, even though it's Old Testament. You know, the Bible in the New Testament, Romans 15 says we can learn from whatever was written before time, before Jesus came. 
So it says here in Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. So this is talking about the angels assigned to us. I'm convinced of that. And it says, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. The word encampeth means to encircle or surround. That's why I had Amsey sing that song because I was talking to you about angels this morning, but particularly in this day that we're living for divine protection. For divine protection. And it says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Now, I think, I don't know the person who wrote that. It's not important to me right now. But in 2 Second, Kings 6, it tells the story of the prophet. Lived down in Dothan, not Alabama. Dothan in Israel. And, you know, the, the, the king of Syria got all his chief people together. This is, I'm just show you how stupid heathens are sometimes. Now, I want to know which one of you are betraying me. Who's going to lift their hand? Come on now, folks. Well, it's me, boss. Take him out and execute him. That's what he's going to do. And they all say, no, it's not us. It's that prophet over in Dothan. He tells the king of Israel where we're going to attack, and he moves all of his troops away from us, and, we, and Israel gets delivered. And he's trying to kill them all in Israel, just like today. Oh, the, the opponents of Israel are trying to kill them. The Iranians, <laughs> all of them. I'm not sure about some other countries. I won't mention, but anyway. Hallelujah. <clears throat> what was I talked about here? So the angels surround us. And the, his, his minister of helps ran out in the morning, had his Evian bottle in his little pocket and his headband, his shorts, his cool <laughs> Nike shoes. Running around the city, and he sees the whole city is down in a valley, and up on the hill, the enemy has got a perfect circle around him and the prophet. And he comes back to the prophet and said, Boss, they got us surrounded. Yeah. He said, Lord, open his eyes. Well, that's what caused him to be fearful to begin with. So there must have been another pair of eyes behind the eyes yeah. you got yeah. called the eyes of your spirit, the eyes of your understanding, yeah. your spiritual eyes. And when he opened his spiritual eyes, all around the enemy was encamped the angels of God in chariots and horses of fire. <laughs> and so instead of him being surrounded, the enemy was surrounded. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by... And that's Old Testament. We're in a better covenant. More than be with us. They had that in Star Wars. Diana says, I don't know how this fits right now, but <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi... <laughs> May the force be with you. <laughs> doon, 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 doo, doo. I used somebody bought me a little thing of Darth Vader. It had a little saying. You push it and says, uh, "Wait a minute, let me see." Your lack of faith disturbs me. <laughs> and that's how I feel sometimes about. I wish I had another one. Maybe you could get me one. It's a little thing you put on your desk and push the button and it's Darth Vader's voice. You remember the scene where he's at, they're at the table? I'm off on Star Wars. <laughs> you don't believe in all that old religion, do you? And he goes, and the guy goes ah, ah, ah. Vader, let him go. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Your lack of faith disturbs me. Oh my gosh. Perfect illustration of the Bible. 
Your lack of faith disturbs God sometimes because you can't please him without it. And if you don't have it, then you're displeasing to him. I hate to tell you that if you're not believing. So anyway, the angels surround us and encircle us. You got angels all around you, back and front and under and over. And then it says, uh, he encampeth round about them that fear him. So they're only encamped around those who fear God. The Hebrew is worship, respect, and devotion. The Hebrew word means to respect in word and action. So my whole life has to be one of worship and respect. Respect for his word. Respect for the holy things of God. How many unders follow me so far? You can't just take a nonchalant, well, I come when I feel like it. I don't come when it's, you know, whatever. I notice a lot of you haven't been here this weekend. I just tried to hold a meeting. I'm not mad at you. If you don't want it, that's fine with me. But we were here putting it out. And we had a great meeting with Pastor Dr. Rogan and, and Pastor Alvin and Pastor Luke this morning. Man, this man knows how to take an offering. I mean, he's got revelation knowledge. I don't, I'm not saying that like to get your money. I mean, he brings revelation to you that encourages you in your giving. Yes, That's what I mean. You yes. still have a meeting tonight. One more. Hallelujah. Pastor Luke's staying over with us, so I'm glad of that. Him and Lucas, his son. But these angels encamp around them and circle those who respect God in word and action. And then it says, and delivereth them. Boy, that's important. To deliver there in the Hebrew, this is a marvelous word in the Hebrew. It means to escape holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. To escape holy. I was on a payphone. It sounds like I'm a dinosaur. Outside of 7-Eleven one time. My wife's in the car a couple vehicles over. I had no cell phone back in there. It was in the 80s. And I'm on a, a you know, phone outside of 7-Eleven. I'm talking and I just turn around and look, you know, and there's a lady sitting in the car and a guy comes out of the 7-Eleven and man, he's hot. He said, did you look into my wife? Her girlfriend. I said, well, no, sir, I'm talking to somebody. I said, there's my wife right there in that car. And boy, I thought he was going to throw down on me. He looked irritated. I said, hey, I'm a preacher. I'm not wanting any trouble. You're a preacher? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then he apologized. Then he apologized. I'm sorry for getting rowdy with you. I said, that's okay. I, but no, I wasn't looking at the lady in the car. I was just looking. Wasn't looking at her. Okay, I got delivered fully. I wonder he didn't cold cock me if he thought I was flirting with the girl in the car because that was his property, he thought. These are a lot of incidents you can get delivered in. A soft word turns away anger. Sometimes you need to learn when to back it up or back down or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, praise the Lord. So these are the qualities we need to think about. Now let's take just a few minutes. So let me, I didn't give you the full definition to escape wholly, to deliver fully, or to liberate. Boy, it's wonderful to be liberated. See, that, that's what the angels are doing. They're surrounding us when we're worshipers. And I don't mean just when Amzie or whoever's up there leading us say, lift your hands and worship God. That's appropriate for us to respond in the affirmative. But I'm not talking about just for 15 or 20 minutes at a church service yeah. once a week. We, we got to live in an attitude of devotion to God every day we live. 
Are you listening to me? Yes. Yeah. And when we don't, we lose out sometimes because we're not thinking right, living right, talking right. So this word deliver, what the angels do, they deliver us as we saw in Genesis from all evil. What a word. You go through this life and, and sometimes you have a little hiccup. Like I told you about myself, it hadn't been a, well, I don't know how to say it. It just has been a uh, different year for me. Been pressed, been challenged, been pushed. I just pushed right back. Push again, I push right back. And you know what I said to myself? Just what I say to you every time you come to me with a problem. You're going to get on the other side of it. That's it. That's it. Michael, you're going to get on the other side. I don't need you to tell me that. I just tell myself that. Yes. So I go look in the mirror. You're going to make it, son. Yes. Talk to myself. You're going to make it. God is for me and God will help me. Yes. I, had a, I had a dream. I don't know when that was. I think the 90s. We just talked about it recently. I'd forgotten to tell about it. And I was out in the ocean swimming. I'm a pretty good swimmer, but I was drowning. I was in some kind of undertow kind of thing, situation. And all of a sudden, this hand grabbed me around my waist and pulled me straight up out of the water and walked me to the shore. I looked up. It was Jesus. He said, I'm not going to let you go. I put too much in you. And then, then I just came back from that vision. But I remembered that. That was back in the 90s. See, he's not going to let you go if you just keep pressing. Don't let your things that you have happened to you upset you to defeat you. You know, and I'm not making fun of people, but people just self, they self inflict themselves. Don't do that to yourself. I mean, you got enough enemies that want to inflict you torment you, harass you. Why would you get in with them and, and agree with them that you're a failure, that you can't make it, that you can't do it? Who told you that? That's the devil talking. Jesus says you can make it. You are not a sub anything. You're a joint heir with G. If Jesus can't make it, there's no help for any of us. But he made it. And as he is, so are we, and in particular me, in this world. He had some setbacks periodically and different things challenging him. I mean, he preached so hard one day, everybody walked away and didn't walk with him again ever. And he turned to his staff, how about you boys? You want to go too? <laughs> Who thinks like that? You know, everybody thinks, God, build my church. Well, you need to build your church, but you don't need to be a sissy to do it. You don't need to compromise the word to do it. That's right. Don't need to accommodate people in the level they're down here when you've got to preach the truth and the standard, which is you can keep yourself and the wicked one won't be able to even touch you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I had some weapons formed this year, but they didn't prosper. They didn't say it had been fun. Let's get over your fun thing. It's been fulfilled. Things have been fulfilling in that I'm still moving with God. And all of us are. Aren't you? Sure you are. And many of you believe God went with us and we appreciate it. Let's talk for just a minute here about what activates them. Let's, uh, let's see here. Let's go. <laughs> uh, let, let's go back here. Let's, let's go over here to Luke chapter 12. My goodness, time just flies when you're preaching. Luke 12. 
And we'll see here. I may give you another scripture. I don't know yet, but we'll see here. And um, thank you, Father. Let me find that reference. Luke 12. You know, sometimes people will give me cards. You know what I mean? A gift card. And some of them are already prepaid and already activated. The, some of them give me that like that, and I don't have to call anybody. But some of them periodically say you have to call this number to activate. So I was at Nordstrom's one time, and I didn't pay any attention. I just had the card said Nordstrom's. I didn't read it carefully, and I was shopping, and I got some stuff on the counter and put my card down, and the lady turned it over and said, well, look, Mr. Jacobs, this won't work here. I said, what do you mean it won't work here? Isn't it Nordstrom's card? Yeah, but you didn't activate it yet. Can I use your phone? No, sir. You need to go out in the car. You have a cell phone? Yes, ma'am. Well, then just go call them. And it'll. And I went out in the garage, parking garage, called them up, went back in, used the card. But I had to call somebody first. Yes. Calling on the angels activates them. Calling on them, speaking the word to them. And, of course, one of my favorite scriptures of all time is in 2 Timothy 4, 18. It says, the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me. Man, if you're preserved, honey, you're preserved. Botox or no Botox. (laughs) Vitamins or no vitamins. You could be preserved because God's working to preserve you. And I'm not against, you know, whatever you want to do to yourself, that's fine for me. I don't have a deal with that, a problem. But what God's really after is the inward man looking pretty and in faith and walking in love. He's just not so impressed how you look when you take your clothes off and look in the mirror. Let me help you. You want to do whatever. And then, of course, there's an element of vanity gets in there, too. Men and women. I'm I'm not leaving the men out. One time I... I'll tell this story with Dr. Dufresne. I said, anything else you think I could do to improve anything? He said, uh, you could dye your hair. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? He said, no. I said, well, I'm not going to dye it. I love you and respect you, but I'm not dyeing my hair. <laughs> that was just a funny moment with him and I. Hallelujah. You try to look young to be on TV or young to pass, you know, whatever. I see these guys that are my age. They got a spiked hairdo and painted pants on them. <laughs> Leather pants preaching in the... Po- oh my gosh. Age appropriate. Huh? You need to be age appropriate. You need to be age appropriate. <laughs> Nobody should be wearing pants that look like they've been painted on you. Especially if you're a fat person. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I sent somebody home one time because they had on too tight a tire that used to work for me, a young man. I said, go home and put on something appropriate. You're inappropriate. <laughs> Do you do that? I really did that. I had ladies that work here too. So I said, you need to go home and change your clothes. Do I need to tell you more? No, don't. Okay. <laughs> I can't figure out if you wonder if I really said it or you really needed it. It was needed. Donna said, amen. (laughs) All right, here we go. 
We're talking about their, their, their voice activated, just like my car, not the car I have now, but I had the BMW and it had a, had a CD player in the center and that car had everything but a f- flush toilet in the back. And over here it had a six CD changer. You put in the dash, but you had to speak to it. You had to push the, on the, not the handlebar, the steering wheel. It had a button you pushed and they said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I want CD three cut four. Boom, it'd start playing. But if you didn't talk to it, nothing would happen. And I watch this. I don't watch VH1 and some of that trash on there and MTV. Sometimes they have a decent show, but mostly it's trash. And I was flipping through the channels and I saw these two thugs. I call them thugs. They were just singers with a lot of money that sing trashy songs about women and sex and greed and just everything that's against God. And so I said, I want to see what these idiots do. That's what I said out loud. They had my car. They just bought a car. looked just like mine, a 7 Series BMW. And those are expensive. I mean, now they're probably 110, but back then they were 80. But anyway, nonetheless, the guy put his trashy music and put that in the dash, and they were waiting in the car, and nothing happened. Couldn't get it to work. He started slugging the dash. He, st- he took kicked. back his foot and kicked the kicked. dash up on a $100,000 car or whatever. And he's yes. cussing. Man, if that car ever got cussed, it got cussed good <laughs> that day. I mean, that car was cussed. And you said and, the TV. And I said, you got to read the book, stupid. <laughs> and they gave me a book as big as my Bible to read comprehensively on that vehicle, that particular vehicle, because it did just so much. But then they gave me a little mini book about the size of a mini book, you can flip, have little tabs, uh, CD changer. You flip it over there. You have to say, push the button on the steering wheel and say what you want if it's in the six CD changer. But they didn't pay any attention to that. They just had a lot of money and a lot of women, a lot of cars and airplanes. And they were thugs with a lot of money. That's what I called them. No different than my drug dealing days. People with a lot of money that did had no principle, no character whatsoever. Not mad at them. They just need Jesus. But see, they couldn't get it to work. And God, when I saw that, God said, that's what my people do. They're trying to work something, but they're not saying what they need to say. I I was asking you a rhetorical question. What have you been saying? Do you talk about your problems? Do you talk about how hard it is? And all the problems you've had and all the problems your kids have and your grandkids have and all the difference. See, that's, that's uncalled for. That is very anti-faith. And you can't get out of that mess. And the more you talk that way, the deeper the hole gets. And the stronger the bondage becomes. And the worse your life spins out of control. I mean, you, you know, I could do that too, but I refuse to talk that way, even if it looks like everything's going to you know where, not heaven, in a handbag. I, I refuse to talk against my redemption. I refuse to sing songs that are against my redemption. I went to a church one time, blessed their hearts. They were trying to help me. And Sean was trying to help me. And they asked, somebody called him, what songs does Dr. Dr. Jacobs like? And they told him the song, uh, Do It Again. But see, our team only sings the chorus. Is that what you call it? The bridge. bridge. There's other verses. 
So I go to church that day and Sunday morning and they're singing the whole song. And I had to shut my mouth and not sing. And then when I got out of the service, I had to hold my peace that I didn't, you know, talk to the pastor and his wife about it. They thought they were doing me a favor, but I'd never heard the other verses of the song and it's terrible. And I think I maybe even said something to you. I don't remember. Don't ever sing the verses because I'll pull the plug on you. No, because I'm not going to sing stuff that's anti-redemptive. I appreciate you, Amzie. He's very uh, seriously thinking about what he sings, and he changed that word. I didn't mention about this is how I fight my battle. This is how I win my battle. Hey. I think I did ask him to change a word, a verb or something, a couple, maybe a year back or something on another song. And I wasn't mad about it. I just said, maybe you could change that to say, sing it in the present tense, some, uh, some other song. Anyway, we're talking about words. That's what I'm talking to you about. If you want the angels to work for you, you're going to have to speak right words. Say right words. Right. Words, words that are in agreement, that are in agreement. with God's word. Hallelujah. That's why I started saying when I found that verse in 2 Timothy, I'm going to get to Luke and then I'm going to close. But in, Luke, in uh, 2 Timothy 4, 18, the Lord delivers me from every evil work. I figured that covers everything. And he preserves me. Then I put that with 1 Peter 1 and 5. I'm kept by the power of God through my faith unto salvation, resulting in my salvation, resulting in my healing, resulting in my deliverance, resulting in... Do you ever get a bad report? Of course I do. (laughs) Occasionally I get a bad report from somebody or from some doctor. But I just say, Father, show me what to do about that. Or maybe get a second opinion. You know, I'm not down on the medical profession but sometimes they don't know everything. I don't know anybody knows anything but Jesus. He knows everything. And if you'll talk to him and he'll put his finger on the issue. Right there is what you're doing wrong, Michael. Correct that and all this over here will straighten out. It may not straighten out in five seconds, but it'll straighten out if you stay with it. He's always done that with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm in Luke 12. You with me? I'm reading out the Amplified because it helps amplify what I'm trying to say to you. And this is Jesus speaking. It's an Amplified. They don't have a red letter in this one. It says, and I tell you, I'm Luke 12, 8. I tell you, whosoever declares openly, speaking out freely, speaking, and confesses that he is my worshiper and acknowledges me. Now, when he says me, that's Jesus. And who's Jesus? The Word of God. You put Luke's, what he's saying, what Jesus is saying to us in Luke with John 1 and chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, talking about Jesus. So when he says, whoever acknowledges me and confesses me, he's talking about whoever acknowledges and confesses the Word of God. Before men... The Son of Man also would declare and confess and acknowledge Him before the angels of God. When I speak the word and I say, Father, you deliver me from every evil work, Jesus, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father, agrees with that, and the angels get released. 
But my confession, let's do me carefully here, my, confe my confession yes. starts it, not Jesus' confession. I want you to catch that. If you don't catch it, you put it all off on him. Well, he'll, he'll bail me out. No, he won't. He's already bailed you out, but you're not talking right. You're not getting bailed. Now, stay with me in my thinking here. Hebrews 3, chapter 3 and verse 1, he says he's the apostle and the high priest of my confession of faith. My confession. Your confession. Not Jesus' confession. My confession of faith. What did he say in about binding? Whatever you bind, Michael. Whatever you bind, Melvin. Whatever you bind, Josh. Whatever you bind, John. Whatever you bind, Jessica, will be bound. Whatever you loose with the words of your mouth will be loosed. But you're the one starting the process. And guess what? It's not started if you don't do it. And your wife can't make all the right confessions. And your husband can't make all the right confessions. And though as good as we try to be as ministers, me and Jordan together, we can't do everything for you. You're going to have to do some things for yourself. Does that mean I got to take some time like you took the last 43 years to speak the word? Yes. How often do I have to speak it? Every day. How long do I have to speak it? Until you go to heaven. You know, a guy in the Bible got on restriction. They duct taped him. Because the angel came and said, you're going to have a baby in your old age. Elizabeth's going to conceive. And they never had anything happen down there that would produce anything. And he said, well, how do I know? He said, tape him. You're going to be dumb until the baby comes because you're going to, I'm going to put it in my vernacular. You're going to screw the whole thing up. I just told you you're going to have it. What more would it take but have an angel come and tell you that? And you say, well, how, how can that be? And Mary, on the other hand, she's a virgin never known a man, never had intercourse, never had anything. And they said, you're going to have a baby. Well, how can that be? I've never known a man. The power of God's coming on you. And her response was, well, be it unto me according to your word. <laughs> what a difference. How could this happen? Be it unto me according to your word. You can see the contrast. Well, he didn't, Mary didn't get duct taped. She didn't get on restriction. Because she's talking in line with what God's saying. But I think it was the same angel that told Mary what she was going to do that told Zacharias, the priest. All right. So he says, but he who disowns, verse 9, disowns and denies and rejects and refuses to acknowledge me or refuses, who speak, refuses to speak my word before men will be disowned, denied, rejected, and refused acknowledgement in the presence of of the angels of God. How many are listening to me? Yes. You know, when you are willing to speak it where somebody hears you, you don't have to throw your pearls before swine. You know, at work, if somebody's always ridiculing you for going to church, and my God, if you ever said you gave any money to church, they're going to attack you about that. All the preachers want your money. Some kind of stupid cliche they've been saying for 47 years. They're in debt, working hard to try to get out, and they're never going to get there because... They don't talk right. Yes, sir. You can't be afraid to speak in front of other people. Am I making sense? I remember I was on an airplane one time. I'll close with this comment. Then I'm going to pray for you, Dale, and you and Arlene. Uh, but 
I was on an airplane. We were about 30,000 feet and the stewardess came on. I was in a little jet. They had one seat on this side. Thank God I'm not too big. I couldn't have fit in there. And there was somebody behind me several rows and I didn't know it. And the lady got on. She said, is there a doctor on this airplane? We've got a man having an epileptic seizure. Well, I'm a doctor, but theologically, not medically. So I'm thinking, mm, I'd like to respond, but I don't know if there's a medical guy. I'll let him do it or her. The guy got up three seats up. He had on shorts and flip-flops. He looked like he's 16. He went to the bathroom in the back. what he did and came back. And the stewardess was coming back from talking to the people. Guy's got his head against the window doing this. His eyes are rolled back. He's slobbering outside of his mouth. And she went by me and I kind of tapped her and I said, I'm a preacher. I'd be glad to go pray for me if they want me. And she went, they want you. And so I went back and I said, now everybody listen, I'm going to pray. <laughs> but I didn't say, Nobody's going to hear, you know. I didn't do that. I said, okay. I said, let me get my hand to him. The wife was on the outside aisle and he was against And I laid hands on him. I said, in Jesus' name, I command this to stop. Just about this tone of voice. Of course, in a small jet, you could hear me. And he just stopped. He stopped shaking. His eyes got normal and he swallowed hard and he, he, he was coming out of a stupor. And I said, lady, do you have a Bible? She said, not with me. We're Catholic. Though, and I said, Well, when you get off the plane, maybe in the bookstore at the airport, or if not, whoever's picking you up, have them take you to a Christian bookstore and get a Bible. I'm going to write some scriptures down for you. I said to the wife, because she wasn't the one going through it, and you take these and read these to him every, every day. I'll do it. Thank you, Pastor. She was almost in tears. Oh, thank God you came to pray for my husband. You know, it can be pretty scary up in the air like that, having some kind of major seizure. So I went back and wrote them down and walked back and handed them to her. But my point is, see, I'm not afraid if God speaks to me to say something in front of other people. What if I didn't do that? What if he escalated into some kind of life-threatening situation where he couldn't breathe or you know, worse, he died on the airplane? I think Keith Moore, his father passed away on the airplane when Keith was flying it, Pastor Keith Moore. He had to land the plane and get his dad off. And, you know, anyway, I'm just talking. Are you listening to me? If you don't say it, Jesus isn't going to agree with you. The angels are not going to be released. I'm saying it this way so you can understand it. You need Jesus' agreement, but more importantly, he needs your words. Because without your word saying anything, you can't have it. If it was automatic, I wouldn't have to preach this. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that right? Didn't the Bible teach the power of life and death is in the tongue? That means natural life, biological life, spiritual life, finances living, my body living, my cells living. I speak to my body every day. I command every cell in my body to function correctly. I command every function of my body. I know it's, there's some level of electrical stuff in me and I'm not a physician, so I don't understand all that. I just know that. I know my brain regulates a lot of things that need to be secreted or withheld hormonally. How many understand at least that much? And I command all my organs to function right. 
I say that to myself. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I command this body to function correctly the way, Father, you created me to function as a man and as a believer. And if you're a woman, you'd say as a woman and a believer. Because you have different, you have similar things, but different things. All right. Anybody get anything today? Brother Dale, just sit right there.